Welcome. This is the podcast of the Capacity Building for European Capitals of Culture Project, initiated by the European Commission. Here, we will share insights, best practices, and know-how from experts across different fields on topics relevant for the design and implementation of European Capitals of Culture. In the framework of the project, InterArts has organized the third Academy Camp on European and International Cooperation, directed to the delivery team of Vespin Polaton 2023 and other actors in the cultural and social life of Hungary and in the ECO community. In episode 11, we welcome Silvia Amen, lead trainer of this Academy Camp. My name is Silvia Amann. I am a director and owner of Inforele in Austria. This is a small company which I founded 21 years ago. And I'm uh, specializing in cultural development and also cultural policy support. I have also a background, of course, in European capitals of culture. I had the pleasure to be in the panel for selection and monitoring on a mandate of the European Parliament, and I'm strongly committed to uh, European and international cooperation. This project, the Capacity Building Program for the European Capitals of Culture, is a Europe-wide initiative, as we know. I was asked by the organizers if I would be ready to be the lead trainer for this Academy Camp 3 on the topic of European and international cooperation. This topic is very close to my heart and also to my professional background. It was a pleasure to take over and to work in this team. That European and international cooperation should be something just usual and ordinary in the 21st century as uh, doing cooperation on local and national level. This links also to the fact that in the 21st century, all the bigger questions we face, if we would name it problems or opportunities, all are in a way even global, but at least connected, European, linked to the realities of other people. And so therefore, European and international cooperation is crucial. We need to connect and to understand each other in order to go forward with what is ahead of us in the 21st century. In general, European and international cooperation is a huge topic. It has a lot and lot of dimensions, and you could stay for weeks together in order to discuss about it, but also to learn how you best manage it. We did then a participative process in order to decide on the priority topics for this academy, in that sense that we were in deep exchange with the organizers, with the consortium, and also with Vesprem, Balaton 2023, the organizing European capital of culture, in order to understand previous experiences and specific needs. And then after discussion and exchanges, we decided to have three priority topics, one is on partnerships, then international communication, and then EU funding for European and international cooperation. 
related to partnership and partnerships in European and international cooperation, we must understand that in a European capital of culture, we have normally six working fields. So it's about cultural strategy, it's about artistic and cultural program, then about the chapter called European Dimension, which is then also elaborated already in the big book. We are having outreach and audience development, we are having management, and we are having the capacity to deliver and also the political support. And what is really crucial to understand that for all these dimensions, European and international cooperation is of added value. So these areas, so European dimension is a transversal feature for the implementation of a European capital of culture. And also in that sense, there are much more opportunities, but also challenges, of course. I think we have already quite well established networks inside the European Union. So there is also, for example, a network of universities in ECOG cities, or there are regular meetings of the so-called ECOG family, where those being in charge of international relations in ECOGs meet. But when we speak about beyond the EU cooperation, this is maybe something which is not yet so developed. In international cultural cooperation, of course, it's also very important to have appropriate international communication. Is one of the management areas you need to tackle when doing these kind of projects. In the ECOC Academy Camp 3, we did a concentrate on three main areas. We reflect on the relationship between cultural and tourism, cultural and tourism marketing. We did reflect on the specific frameworks in which European capitals of culture implement their communication and marketing activities targeted to international markets and international audiences. And we discussed also in a peer learning format, experiences from different European capitals of culture in order to see in more practical terms where are the current ECOCs and how they implement their international communication activities. So when we reflect about international communication of European capitals of culture in the last maybe six to ten years, uh, there was, of course, a lot of development, but in general, the overall objectives remain the same. Many of these cities, especially we are having now smaller cities or middle-sized cities, are not so visible in the international framework. So, of course, they have branding efforts and they try to position themselves on the international level. This was maybe more than with traditional marketing tools for many, many years. This has also some shortcomings because budget is not endless. And this means, uh, of course, you cannot just book publicity uh, in several media. So the way forward is now more to look for partnerships, so to understand 
that there is limited budget available, but when you partner with several institutions, like, for example, embassies, or some ECOGs did also partner with EU presidencies, or then, of course, with the tourism boards, etc., then you can reach more also with limited amount of investment available. In addition, there was also or there is still a kind of transformation related to the narratives. So to understand that it's maybe not about more classic marketing messages, but to be, this is maybe a difficult word, but I still want to use it. Uh, so to be authentic in a way. And most advanced cities in that area try to have uh, new narratives involving the residents and to consider those visiting the cities not anymore as tourists, but to consider them more as guests and uh, to feel invited and also to arrange for settings for exchange. And this relates then again also to uh, marketing activities, but also again to marketing activities in another way. So, for example, to in invite specialized journalists uh, for more qualitative experiences and then also to generate more qualitative articles and media reports. And last but not least, another trend we observe also more and more is that ECOGs even partner in order to become visible at international events. So one of the more recent examples was an ECOG activity at the Dubai Expo in 2021. So I think uh, lots of interesting new approaches and strategic thinking and also a new way of understanding this activity of international communication on cultural cities. The whole topic of narratives is really crucial in the context of communication, and this applies not only for international communication, but also for local and national communication. And cities are well aware that Maybe a national narrative cannot be understood on international level. And so they use the potential of a specific national narratives. This is sometimes also anchored in national history. You need to be aware of that in order to understand the message. So just to make one example, the city of Kaunas uses on the national level this message from temporary to contemporary in that sense that Kaunas was for a very short time the capital of the country and now wants to be re-understood as an important urban center where culture also in the sense of contemporary art and contemporary kind of messages is brought to life again. And so this is maybe difficult to be understood on international level, as the communication manager from Kaunas explained during the panel discussion. And so therefore, it's mainly used for national communication. When we uh, think about uh, networking beyond the now more or less obvious or what is already common practice, 
we must understand that there are lots and lots of opportunities to work across sectors and also across silos. This is a broad topic. We are not only having for the European capitals of culture, but in general for the future of cultural development and to understand that much more in a cross-sectoral dynamic, for example, the relevance of culture for the cohesion of the society, but also related to topics like climate change, etc., and of course, also related to uh, regional or urban development. So there are many layers and elements which can be relevant. But of course, we could, for example, also build on good practices related from the cooperation between culture and tourism to build a new levels of cooperation there. And we exchanged also about related good practices during the academy camp. We can also think into other directions. For example, one speaker also proposed to enhance the cooperation between the European capitals of culture and the European green capitals. So in order also to further enhance the ecological aspects. When we think about the EU funding, there are, of course, challenges, but maybe I would prefer also to highlight opportunities. And the opportunity is not only the funding as such. Maybe to generalize a little bit more, I would say that no other continent in the world, we are having better framework for a cross-border and European cooperation than in Europe. This is a clear advantage we are having, and it's, I would also say, at the heart of a European capital of culture. It's fully in this context, and it's very well perceived when European capitals of culture are part of, for example, EU project consortia. So I would first say this is a huge advantage. It's a very favorable framework. It's an extremely privileged situation. And of course, this has also challenges, but this is then more on an operational level than on the overall framework. Of course, the EU funds are not so easy accessible. It's a certain burden to prepare an application. It needs also a specific know-how. And it's also often a longer-term investment. That means often in the context of an ECOG, it seems that there is a lot of time. But at the very end, until you know more or less where you are going with the program, it can be already tight that you can still participate in an EU project because, as in many cases, the ECOG Foundation, who is implementing the ECOG, is not a permanent structure. It's in many countries that these structures are made up to the ECOG here and then they end their activity. So in this sense, we must think a little bit more creatively. And this means an ECOG is never implemented alone by an ECOG foundation or limited company. It is always in cooperation with uh, cultural organizations from the city, from the region. 
So for example, it could be wise to join forces and to work with these organizations on, for example, strategic EU projects. And by that means also to overcome this challenge that the foundation maybe cannot continue the activities. The local museum can. I think we need capitals of culture because there is still a lot of work to be done in order to bring the European dimension to real life. So the situation is as such that from a perspective of a big metropolises, the capitals of the EU member states, you could say, why do we still need these kind of programs? Yeah, We are connected, we are having our institutions, our institutions are involved in EU projects, they are even involved in international projects. But the Europe is much more than the big urban centers. And as we see for many years now, and this is also something natural in the European capitals of culture, we are now more in second and third cities in the countries, even in regions. Yeah, This is also, on the one hand, natural. On the other hand, maybe also a sign that these areas are more and more interested in cultural development and that they professionalize also in cultural development. But still, they struggle a lot in order to come up really with European cooperations. It's not natural for them. And also not all the relevant skills are available. Uh, the background information on different EU funding tools is not really something they just use naturally. So in that sense, in order to bring Europe to the broad surface of the EU member states, I think uh, this is still a very relevant and an important initiative. I think what is really crucial when you want to apply for a European capital of culture and you are not a big city, it's really crucial from the very beginning to have a clear long-term vision that you really want to transform your area by the means of culture. Then, of course, it's also really important to see that you are maybe not alone. So you are maybe an urban center having maybe 70,000 inhabitants. So it might be reasonable to see the whole metropolitan area in order to join forces. Maybe also not all your cultural institutions are directly in the geographic territory of the city applying. It can be also that there are further smaller urban centers where maybe an excellent library is placed or where the most contemporary art space is doing biennials or whatever. Yeah. So in that sense, to think in a network perspective. And the third thing is to understand Europe and then slash also beyond Europe as the added value which can bring you forward. 
So in that sense that you understand that all these networks and these frameworks can speed up the whole process radically so that you are much faster in your development when you look around, when you are having friends everywhere, sharing their experiences and insights already at an early stage with you. So I would say these would be three main recommendations. And then there are many more in order to uh, uh, take care of when going deeper for a bidding process, for example. If you got the title, then a lot of challenging moments are, of course, still ahead of you. Because first, in the bidding process, is still the period of visions and dreams. And afterwards, as we all know, when we want them to implement our dreams, it's always somehow challenging. So what we sometimes see that the visionaries who were involved in the bidding process, uh, they are somehow afterwards not so involved anymore. And I personally feel that a little bit a pity. Because, of course, you need then managers and all kind of really technical support. But I think also that the whole bit and implementation should uh, continue a certain spirit and a certain kind of enthusiasm and vision for the future. And what we should also not forget, when we prepare the implementation, we should think again wider, because then we should think about legacy. So what remains afterwards? And for that, we cannot develop legacy only with management. Yeah. So this needs, again, a process where we think broader. And this brings us maybe also, again, a little bit back to the academy camp, also to think about in European and international cooperation, what could be the legacy? So what are our long-term, for example, topics on which we would like to continue to work with European partners? It's also to build up strategic partnerships. In that sense, with which organizations we see a potential to work beyond the ECOG here and to take care of these relationships. Then also in international communication. So we invest during the preparation years and in the implementation year a lot of money in order also to transform the narrative of the city. And this should not stop when the year ends. So also to think how could this narrative further be strengthened and reinforced and also then to think, okay, when I need all that, then I use again also the EU funds and I invest in longer term projects where I implement these new visions in related to the topics, narratives, partnerships, etc. Yeah. So in that sense, this would be maybe some important elements to take on board. When we think about the relevance of culture in European capitals of culture, this is really a central element, of course. It's at the core of the whole idea to say, we transform an urban place, a local cooperation area, 
with regard to the social cohesion, to the economic development, to the urban development, and to the cultural development by the means of culture and art. In a way, these cities should and can become showcase how this transformation can happen. So in that sense, uh, culture and the arts are at the core, at the heart of the whole initiative. But on the other hand, already understood in a cross-sectoral logic and in an European, sometimes also international cooperation frame. For the future visions for European capitals of culture, we could discuss for a long time, of course, because it's such a broad area and many, many aspects could be brought to the fore. But if we think more specifically into the topics we tackled during the academic camp, namely the European and international cooperation. For me personally, I would like to see much more international exchange. I think it would be really important to use this great opportunity of European capitals of culture to bring international artistic positions, but also international cultural debates more to the European debates to make that, again, maybe uh, more clear with an example from our academy camp. We had involved also a speaker from Canada related to potential partnerships. And our colleague uh, started uh, his intervention by thanking the First Nations for having provided them with this space and that they are able and allowed to use the territory in Canada. So I think this is already something which is extremely enriching to understand these perspectives and also that these international relations always link in a way or other also to our realities. And especially with this Canadian introduction and, and, and Canadian debate, we see that this is a very advanced discussion in the Canadian cultural sphere. But on the other hand, who were the, or from where did the people arrive who now also use the Canadian territory? These are mainly Europeans who left this territory here in the European context and migrated to Canada. And so one vision would be, for example, also to discuss more about these aspects on the European continent, to understand that this is part of our story too, and our background and our history. And in that sense, I think also these kind of discussions could change a lot in the European cultural debate and in, especially then again in international relations. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast of the Capacity Building for European Capitals of Culture project, initiated by the European Commission. We hope you enjoyed this episode and join us again next time for more.